Welcome back to the Indigo Podcast. I'm Jason. He's Joey. The Red Sox suck. Not an ideal start. They just got embarrassed by the Blue Jays um, on their home opener. Chris L lasted four innings, gave up five runs. Um, We're now three and nine. Yeah. But we are winning games. Um, not many. But, but we have won games, plural. It's so, true. Um, let, let me start this off. Uh, sales, sales stat line does not, does not tell the full story. Um, all five of those hits were singles. Or, I mean, all seven of those hits were singles, I believe. And they were all hit about 60 miles an hour, and they found, and they just all found a hole. That's fair. Yeah. Plus, and, Vasquez um, is terrible. Yeah, Vasquez kind of sucked. He had... Kind of cost us the game right there. Not going to lie. The Blue Jays stole home. Yeah. And Vasquez that, that really ended up being the difference in the game. Yeah. We need to get Swihart starting, and Vasquez needs to ride the bench. You know what? I, I think we, sh- we deserve to give Sandy another shot, and you know maybe Vasquez can get some reps in at AAA, see what happens. That's, yeah. a, that's a bit soon to be saying that, but something's got to change, and the pitchers like Leon, and they don't really love Vasquez. So Vasquez is not calling good games behind the plate. He's letting no, all these pass balls go. Swihart's great. Swihart should be yeah. starting. Swihart's great offensively, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what do you think's wrong with them? It's a loaded question. Uh, they look asleep, for the most part. I, they really, they look lazy. They look like they're still thinking it's spring training. Like, yeah. it doesn't look like they're playing the regular season. They're right not now. playing hard. They're not giving it their all. They're, um, they're not playing smart, either. No. And, uh, you know, pitchers, they're missing their spots. All, all the starters are missing their spots, every single one of them. I think it also has to do with, like, the Red Sox, they're expected to win, so they have that pressure. And then these teams they're playing are not expected to win, so they can just play looser and then yep. take more risks. There, yeah, there's that. And I think the Red Sox are taking some of this for granted, too. Yeah. So there's some, like, you have, you have to earn a win. And uh, there, there have definitely been some games where they don't really deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. Like that that game to Arizona, they deserve to they deserve to lose by twenty instead of just seven or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So they very well could be zero and twelve right now with the way they've been playing, and their wins should not really have been wins. They got lucky on I think all of them really. Yeah, well, you know what? Their most recent one in Arizona, they they fought for that. They earned it. Yeah, but the thing with that one though is Hector Velasquez started that game and it was a bullpen game. So yeah. Like, it really comes down to our starting pitching has been terrible and our bats have not been good enough to make up for it. And uh, whenever the Red Sox try rally, it's too late. Mm-hmm. I asked my followers what they think is wrong, and I got a lot of everything and uh, starting pitching. I do yeah. think that they should switch it up at catcher, though. Put Swihart in. Maybe for call sure. Leon. I don't know. Definitely Swihart should be starting. I was upset when I didn't see him in the lineup today. Yeah. They gotta wake up. They gotta start capitalizing on run scoring opportunities and like I get that they're trying I get they're trying to take it easy with the starters to like be better in the later part of the season. But right now you're not gonna get there if you keep doing it. Exactly, especially in the AL East where you have the Yankees and the Rays. It's gonna come down 
to one or two games. So these games right now do matter. I know the Yankees aren't hot right now, but I know they'll turn it around. And I know the Red Sox will turn it around. But the Red Sox have gotten off to the worst start, and they were already projected to lose the division by one or two games this year. So, you know, this, this is going to cost them eventually. I don't know how, I don't know when, but this, this really just sluggish start is going to cost them. Yeah. It's going to hurt them in some way. There is this stat where no Red Sox team with a start this bad has made the playoffs, and only like 18 or something teams in the whole entire MLB made the playoffs after a start like this. Yeah. I think only four went on to win the World Series, so not great. I know they can turn it around, but yeah. And of all their losses, this one, this one is just terrible because it's on the home opener. The day they got their rings, the Patriots were out there. And like I said before, they just got embarrassed by the Blue Jays. Yeah, and a lot of it goes to Vasquez. They ran wild on him, and he, you know, he made, a, he made a couple lazy plays that resulted in pass balls. And, you know, on the steal of home, that it's, part, it's part Vasquez's fault, but also parts, part, uh, part of that's on sale because, you know, he rushed the throw to home where he can, he can lob it and he's out by a mile. So, yeah, and then going back to Vasquez, I think I'm just going to end up attacking him. But he went one for three today, which you know, not a bad, not a bad day. But uh, that raised his average to 185 and his OPS to 611. Now compare that to Swihart, who went 0 for one today. That lowered his average to 353 and lowered his OPS to 10 to 109 or 1.009. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Double the batting average, almost double the OPS, and he's riding pine. So, Swihart's just better overall. He calls the game better, and he's so much better offensively. I like his defense, too. Yeah. Um, the bullpen finally became human, but it was, uh, uh, you know, I, I expect Barnes to give up a run every once in a while. I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. It just came at a really bad time. Yeah. And, uh, Hembry, I'm actually happy he gave up a run because I don't want him on this team anymore. I've never liked him, and I never will. Yeah, I still find it crazy how the bullpen has actually been the best part of this team so far. Yeah. But I think that's starting to catch up to them, too. Like, they're not going to be this good the whole season. Yeah. And uh, people keep saying, you know, this can't get any worse. It can, and it will. If, uh, if, the, if, the, bullpen will, if the bullpen comes back down to earth. So something has to change. And you know what? It, it's, it, it's similar to the World Series. You need somebody to yell. Like, right now, every person on this team deserves a smack in the face. Yeah. Like, wake up. They should get Griff Holt out there and scratch everyone's eyes. Yeah, it wouldn't be uncalled for. They got to wake up because it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it really is embarrassing. Like, you go into the Mariners, you face the Mariners for four, you only end up getting one, and you, you blow two opportunities to possibly get another two wins. And I know the Mariners are hot to start the season, but they had, their, they had plenty of chances. Then you go into Oakland. You don't score a run until the third game of the series. You yeah. make a couple stupid base running mistakes, and you, and you cost yourself a game. You're two games. And, you know, you lose, you lose a game one nothing there, too. Like, and then you go to the rebuilding Diamondbacks. You get shelled the first night. Then... You know, you're holding, then, you know, you think you might end up squeaking out a win and, you know, the bullpen blows it for you. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, you got one more against the Blue Jays. You got, I think, four against Baltimore. If we lose to Baltimore, uh, you need five wins. You need five wins. So yeah, I mean the Mariners and the A's; those are good teams. But the Diamondbacks and Blue Jays, those are just teams that are tanking. They're rebuilding teams. They should not be teams that we're losing to. Yeah, and Seattle, in my opinion, even though they're hot, they're beatable. They showed that they were beatable. The Red Sox got plenty of opportunities. Mm -hmm. The same with Oakland. Like, you know, what? You end up being outscored. You end up being outscored in those losses by, like, what? You lose one seven nothing. Yeah, that was, you know, that was a route. Mm -hmm. Then you lose one nothing. You win six three. You lose seven three. But, you know, the outcome of those games could have been a lot different if. You, if they made smart plays, which they didn't. Yeah, I think it does come down to also starting the season with an 11-game West Coast trip. That's oh, yeah. Like, it's when impossible schedule, to have a good start to the season with that. Yeah, when they released the schedule last year, I, w- I was pretty pissed along with, I think, everybody. So yeah. Not only is it late for the fans to watch the games, but it's late for the players, too, and it's very taxing on them. Because yeah. it, was, it was 11 games in 11 days. They didn't have any days off in between moving around the West Coast. Yeah, and, you know, that's a good point. But, you know, nobody should be using that as an excuse because there's really no excuse to be 3-9. and nine. That's true. As a defending world champs, that's true. The, I think they're, they're, be, they're a little bit complacent. Like, I think they forgot that they really have to earn these wins. And, obviously, they're not playing to their full potential. And they're, they're not, you know, they may say they're giving it their all. They're not. Yeah, last season winning came so easy to them. They had the 108 wins, the 119 with the playoffs. So I feel like they've kind of just became used to winning, and they came into the season expecting to win like they did last season. But that's not how it works. They still need to put in effort. They still need to earn those wins, like you said. Yeah, it's, everybody knows this. It's harder to repeat than it is to win a title. So. Yeah, definitely. That's just about the only thing harder than repeating. I mean, than winning a title is repeating. You know, mm-hmm. this should be a, a, an even, this is a bigger and should be a better challenge than last year. So, you know, this, this is really going to show these guys up to it. They really got to wake up and, and see that, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be twice as hard. So, exactly. Yeah. And I think the division's even tougher this year it is. than it was last year. Anyways, the Rays are better. The Yankees are better. They're healthy. Yeah, and, the, and uh, you know, the Rays have confidence this year. Like, yeah. They, they, they unassumingly won 90 games last year. And this year, they know, you know, they won 90 games last year. They know what they're capable of. So The Rays you know. are the only team in the AL East right now with a winning record. They're 9-3. and three. I really hate backing up the Yankees, but... They've they've just been unlucky with injuries. So, yeah. When they're when they're healthy, they haven't shown to, they haven't shown to have any problems. So, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I think the Red Sox play the Yankees next week. Yeah, the Red Sox play two games with the Yankees next week in Yankee Stadium. So that's gonna be interesting to see how they do out there. Uh, if you if to give my opinion right now, uh, they're getting swept. Unless they wake up. I could see that at this point. And and, uh, those two losses would be by, like, at least five runs each. Because it's clear as day this team does not know what they're doing. Well, I mean, those two Yankees games come after the four-game series with the Orioles. So if they 
play against the Orioles the way they should and actually win the series against the Orioles, they could have momentum going into Yankee Stadium and at least take one out of the two. Definitely. Like, that Orioles series is going to be huge because, it, it, as you said, if they can win the series, you know, that's a completely different story. They're heading in. They're heading into Yankee Stadium. You know, they're knowing it's going to be hard, and but they're also coming off a couple wins. So, I don't know. It, it could be – that could be something to get them back on track as well. Yeah, it's huge for their confidence because if they lose to the Blue Jays for their home opener and then lose the series to the Orioles, that's terrible for the confidence of the defending world champs. Like, you just can't do that. Yeah. Especially to start out the season. And um, – you know, this year they're. I'm looking at their schedule. They're playing a lot more better teams. Like, yeah, you know, they're playing the Phillies this year. Well, they do every year, but they're. You know, you got the Phillies this year. You got San Diego, and they actually don't look too bad so far. Um, you know, you got teams like Colorado. They look nice. They're coming in this year. Obviously, you got Houston, who is right now is my pick to win the World Series. You know. I don't know. I just feel like their opponents this year are going to be better than they were last year. Yeah, I agree. Quote from Chris Sale, um, post-game talking to the media. I don't know if I've ever pitched like this in my life. I've got to keep fighting, no giving up, trying to find something. This wasn't us playing good today. This was me sucking. Never in my life have I felt this lost on the mound. Yeah, well, you know what? Like, that's It's great that Sale's taking all the blame, but I think he knows that you know, it's not all his fault. It really yeah. is. Because, I mean, if if those if uh, if those seven Blue Jays hits that Sale gave up on on any given day, those all seven of those could be ground outs. Mm-hmm. I don't think a single ball was hit in the air. So it it goes like that sometimes. And when your defense isn't helping you out, it's 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 tough to win a game too. And yeah, it's, it's tough to get any momentum. It doesn't look like the defense is like giving 100% effort because I saw some fly balls to the outfield that JBJ normally could have caught if he was running a little faster and maybe dove, but he just let it drop in front of him. Yeah. Um, there were some plays, grounders through the infield that could have been fielded but weren't. I mean, they just got to wake up. Yeah, this is starting to remind me of the Celtics this year. And, yeah. Uh, like, I love, I love watching the Celtics. I really do. But this year, it wasn't that much fun. Right. Like, it, it felt like every night, you know, they'd find a way to, they'd either, you know, they'd either get blown out right out of the gate or they'd either blow their lead. And mm-hmm. what the Red Sox have done on several occasions this season already is score first and lose the game and end up losing it in a pretty painful, painful way. And the common theme with those two teams is the big expectations. Both of those teams came into the season with very high expectations because of the players on their team and what they accomplished the year before. Yeah, and they're, and they're both really young teams. And yeah. That can get to you sometimes. But, you know, the Red Sox should use this, this year's Celtics as, you know, as an example of not, like, to just not, uh, not be complacent. Really, you got to give your, you got to give 100% the whole time. Mm-hmm. There were clear times where the Celtics weren't trying and, you know, it showed. And, you know, they're already, like, 12 games in. There are times where anybody with a pair of eyes can tell 
the Red Sox are not giving it their best effort. Yeah, they're not giving it their best effort, and they just look down on themselves. I think, I know, like it sucks to be three and nine to start the season, but they're letting it get to them, and then it's letting it's bringing them down. Um, yeah. They just got to move past it. They just got to go forward. It's a 162 game season. Um, it's not going to be like this the whole season. They just need to keep moving along and try to get better. Yeah, no, you real at this point, you got to block it out. You got to, you got to, you know, let go of those losses pretty quickly. And uh, when you win a game, you got to, you got to really appreciate it, really take it in. But you also have to move past it. You can't, you can't be right. You can't be riding high on a win into the next day, because that's not how baseball is. Every day is a clean slate. Every day, anything can happen. I hope this loss today almost acts as like a wake-up call. Losing in their own stadium during their ring ceremony day, I feel like that could act as a wake-up call and make them realize that they're the Boston Red Sox and they're not supposed to be losing like this. And it could give them a little push to kind of get back in the groove. Yeah, I hope so because they've had several wake-up call losses. Like the first one, the first game of the season, you know, they were looking real good the first couple innings, and it just come. It just went to waste. Yeah. And you get blown out by the Mariners on national TV. Mm -hmm. And then you got that game in Arizona where we scored first. Yeah. Yeah. We scored first that game. And you end up giving up 15 runs and losing. Yeah. I mean, one of these times you got to hope that it it actually does act as a wake-up call. Because it's one thing for the players to say, oh, this is a wake-up call, but it's another thing to actually act on it and try change something and try and improve. Yeah, like you mentioned earlier, they really need like some guy to give a speech, some guy to wake them up like they had in the postseason with Chris Sale this past postseason, David Ortiz in 2013. They need someone to wake them up, someone to like get it in their heads. Yeah, well, I think we saw during the ring ceremony there were all these legends. Like There was, you know, we saw Pedro, we saw Manny, we saw Poppy. Now would be a good time for those guys to maybe go into the clubhouse after today's game and say something to the team. Like, like Manny was saying in, when he was doing an interview with Ness and, and with WEI, he was talking about how I'm not worried about this team at all. They're going to turn it around. You know, you know what? It would. I think it would be very beneficial to the team if Pedro, Poppy, and Manny just went down to the clubhouse. You know, talked to them, said, you know, like. Tough stretches happen. You guys will turn it around. We believe in you guys. And, you know, give them, you know, tell them something maybe to improve on or give them a talk that kind of fires them up and makes them want to give their, their, their best effort all the time. I think that's something Alex Cora can do, too. He's played. He's been through stuff like this. If he gives a talk to the team, I think that can be great for them. Yeah, well, this is his first, this is his first real rough patch as a manager. That's true. Well, except for, you know, opening day last year. Yeah, nice. but I mean, that was just one game. Yeah, it was one game. This is 12, so. I mean, I, this could I, I this really could be part of the plan, games. too. What do you mean? Well, I'm just thinking, like, they've been talking how they want to start slow in the beginning of the season and then try to, like, ramp it up as the season goes on as the other teams are kind of ramping down. I don't think that's the right way to attack a season, but I feel like this could be part of their plan, and that's part of the reason why Alex Cora isn't too concerned. Yeah, but the plan was never to start this bad. That's fair, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I understand what Cora is doing, but I don't necessarily believe in it because I don't, I don't really take, I don't take it for granted. 
You know, like everybody's saying, oh, the Red Sox are a lock for the postseason. They're a lock to maybe win the division, ALCS, World Series, whatever. Me personally, I don't like that. I like having to earn everything. I like, you know, the, the good underdog story. I think that um, if you're going into a season with with those expectations, you know, you got to kind of tune them out and you really have to have to convince yourself to think we're not guaranteed anything. Exactly. We got to earn everything. We got to earn every win, you know. And that was the story last year because people once again were putting the Yankees ahead of the Red Sox and they and the Red Sox had something to prove with their new manager last year. Yeah. Nothing's ever locked, nothing's ever a guarantee, especially in baseball. Never. Especially we saw that the Red Sox. Yeah. We saw it last year with the Tampa Bay Rays. No one expected them to be a 90-win team, but yet they still won 90 games. So you can't, like we said before, you can't go into a season expecting to win the division, expecting to make it to the playoffs. Even if you're a good team, you still have to earn it. You still have to play your hardest. Yeah, for sure. I, I, and that's why I don't really agree with the whole resting guys at the, or like, you know, easing guys in. Yeah, I think that I don't think that they should be out of the out of the coming out of the gate like full speed or all that. You know, I think they should they should still ease into it, but it shouldn't be to the point where you're skipping spring training starts or you're lowering their appearances because everybody's going to start slow. And if you have everybody starting slow at the same time, that's a big problem. Mm -hmm. That's another thing, too. I think Cora rested the starters too much in spring training. He said that he wanted to rest them because of their heavy workload in October, which was uh, kind of recent in the spring training time. But um, I think that was bad for the team, bad for the starters, because then they came into the season not prepared enough for real baseball. They were like they were still kind of in the spring training mindset because they didn't get a full and proper spring training because of how much core arrested them. Yeah, and it's and it's really not too bad. Like if you give somebody. An inning here or two innings there, like two innings every five days or anything like that, you know, they're going to be fairly, I think they're going to be fairly up to speed for the start of the season. Yeah. Also, um, the bullpen has been great so far this season. And I think that's partially because Core did use the bullpen in spring training. He wanted to see those guys, see what they had. So he pitched them a lot in spring training. So then they were prepared for the season. And I think that's part of the reason why the bullpen has been good and the rotation hasn't. Yep, definitely. They 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 actually look, you know, they look they look ready. What do you think about what they're doing with the closer? They're not really having a set closer. It's more a closer by committee with Barnes and Brazier switching off, as we've seen so far this season. What do you think about that? I I don't like closer by committee. It's just I don't know. It you know just saying closer by committee. It's a bit of an unsettling feeling. Like because you I go like, into the game not knowing who's going to close out the game. Yeah, I don't like. I like that. going into the game thinking. You know, we have our we have our weapon in the bullpen, and yeah, years past, you know, it's been we have Craig Kimbrell in the bullpen. All we have to do is get through eight in, innings with the lead, and we're fine. Right. Yeah, it's good for the player too because if you're Matt Barnes and you're set as the closer, you know exactly what situation you're going to come into. Opposed to you could pitch the seventh, you could pitch the eighth. You don't know, and then you're not as prepared to go into the game and pitch that inning. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about Dustin Majori today? He went uh, one for four. He was zero for three until a hit in the ninth, but um, he was moving pretty good, so that's encouraging. He said he uh, post game, 
Yeah, he made good contact. He said post-game, um, I don't feel like I did last year, so I'm going to be fine. And my knee can't get any worse. <laughs> That's a good one. So, yeah, I love, I love Petey. It was great to see him back in that batter's box. I, I think it's great for the Red Sox, too, because he's like a clubhouse leader. And it's good to have him out there on the field with the players during games, too. Yeah, and hustle plays are contagious sometimes. And Pedroia is no stranger to, you know, going full out. Even, even though he really shouldn't be right now, he will. And I know he will. And I think, you know, it charges a team sometimes when you have somebody doing the things that Pedroia, Pedroia does, like going all out for a ball. Yeah, and uh, even though he's had he's the had problems. Even though he's older, even though he's not the same player he used to be, it, he still can't help it. He's going to go all out. He's going to do everything it takes to win. And like you said, yeah. that's contagious. That's going to help everyone improve themselves. Yeah, especially when the, the problem is a lack of hustle and a lack of, lack of effort. He could really turn things around. Um, what, do you want to talk about Chris Davis? Oh, yeah, I meant to bring that up. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Chris Davis, Orioles first baseman. Um, he's now 0 for 47. Dating back to September 2018. 49. Oh, for 49 now. Oh, it's 49 now. Yikes. That, that breaks the record. Yep. <laughs> Longest a player has gone hitless ever in MLB history. I feel really bad for him. Yeah, that's rough. I got a notification on my phone the other day. MLB's worst hitter still guaranteed $98 million. Imagine being Chris Davis and getting a notification on your phone that you're MLB's worst hitter. Yeah. At this point... I don't, he definitely does not care about the money because, like, Chris Davis, he's always been a player who really wants to play well. He's, he had, um, he had to, he had to fight his way to the big leagues in the first place. Like, he, he wasn't, he was never really a big name. And then he made one for himself in Baltimore. And in, I believe, 2013, he, he became the most feared player in the game. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him. He was an all-star and a silver slugger in 2013. He had uh, 53 homers that year. Uh, 2015, he had 47. 2016, he had 38. 2017, he had 26. Then last season, he only had 16 homers. And then this season, he's 0 for 49. Yeah. I don't... What is even, like... What do you think is causing that? Well, his swing's a bit long. He isn't shortening up when he has to. Do you think it... It could be, like, the way that the game has changed. Like, you can't hit home runs the same way that you used to. It's more about launch angle. I don't know. I feel like it has something to do with the way Maybe pitchers bit. are pitching now. Maybe. But it's so home run oriented. If, if you were told, like, five or six years ago when he was still tearing it up that there would be this many home runs hitting this day and age, you know, you'd think that, um, you'd think that Chris Davis would still be towards the top in home run hitters and you'd be right you just have the wrong chris davis (laughs) yeah yeah i hope he turns it around i hope i hope he can fix something and get hot for a little bit you know maybe raise his average to something respectable something over the mendoza line you know i i i really do hope he has a good season yeah as jerry remy said on the um nesson broadcast today just all the meals the unhappy meals that he's had coming back from games like oh for 49 that's just crazy all those at bats all those games where you just didn't get a hit and he's still locked up through 2022 getting paid yeah. 17 million a year so and he's getting his money deferred 
until 2037 when he's 51 years old. Yeah. I mean, that's just a bad situation out this there. This is going to be Bobby Bonilla on steroids. <laughs> he's not getting a million every July 1st. He'll be getting something like three million. Yeah. It's so, wild. That contract is just, it's not tradable. You can't, you can't give him a fresh start anywhere. Yeah, I think that's the worst part, is he can't get out of Baltimore. Baltimore is probably the worst team in the MLB right now, so that doesn't really help him when he's hitting like the worst hitter in the MLB. It would be great if he could get out of Baltimore, get to a new team, fresh start, and maybe find his old self, but that's not even a possibility because of his contract and his age. Yeah. I still can't wrap my head around that. 0 for 49, that's crazy. Yeah, you'd think he'd get one of those, one of those seeing-eye singles that the Blue Jays got plenty of today. Yeah, just a blooper. Anything. Literally anything. What'd you think about the Sox World Series rings? They're they're sexy. I I like them. Nothing's gonna ever beat the 2013 rings, but these ones are really nice. I agree. They're awesome. I'm actually getting a uh, replica one on Thursday when I go to that game. You're not guaranteed. It's only the first 7,500. So. We're getting there at like four, so yeah. you gotta bust it. Yeah. I need one of those, though. They're so, so nice. Be even better if they could win, too. Yeah, that'd make it nicer. Um, that's it for this episode. Let's hope the Sox actually win a game and uh, stop being bad. Um, follow me on Instagram at RedSox underscore dugout. Uh, I forgot the ad read. Do you like sports? At the moment, not really. Yeah. How about um, music? concerts uh yeah if it's if it's like sad music but you know xxx tentacion is dead so i can't really go to one of his concerts do you like saving money yeah then SeatGeek is the place for you SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports concerts shows bad red Sox games and more they make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. Plus, you can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. I'm using SeatGeek uh, for Thursday. That's where we got our tickets. I hope they win. For your own good, I hope they win. I'm going to tell them to win. I don't know if they know that they should be doing that, but I'm going to go make sure they do know. I'm going to tell them. Um, stop being bad. My friend was at the game today, the opening uh, home opener game, and apparently someone shouted out, do better. <laughs> I agree with that one. Yeah. Yeah, last year is do damage. This year is do better. Don't suck. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, quick question. Yep. Would you be able to edit in one of those swear sensors? Uh, yeah. Okay. Ready? Okay. What the f- is this? Team doing. Let's step it the f- up, win some f- games, and not f- suck anymore. Cause this is f- it's f- step it the f- up, and let's win some f- games. Okay. Thanks for listening. That's our podcast for this week. Bye. That's a great ending.